What's up, everybody? J5 here for episode 11. J5 getting live. Wednesday, March 23rd, 2022. So last week, we had, we had a lot of craziness. We had MLB free agency. We, we got a lot of crazy NFL moves. And then we had the tournament start. And everything kind of has delivered thus far. Um, you know, baseball, it took them a while, but they figured out a deal. And they've given us some entertainment as far as trades and free agency. Correa to the Twins. Um, the Yankee move, Donaldson, which I touched on last week. I didn't like it. The Braves with Matt Olson, Freddie Freeman to the Dodgers. The Red Sox getting Trevor Story. Uh, I said Correa to the Twins. Like, the Mets had made their moves early in the offseason. They still traded for Chris Bassett. The Phillies, Castellanos and Schwarber. They make their moves. Um, me, specifically, as a Yankee fan, I'm not happy with the moves they've made. We're waiting on the judge contract to see if they get a deal done. The NFL, holy smokes. For my sake probably a good thing that the Giants didn't have cap space and weren't able to participate in any of this stuff because there would have been like emergency podcasts and crazy drops and the NFL just keeps taking more turns every day the Colts trade for Matt Ryan Watson and Matt Hall go to the go to the Browns um the Hall of draft picks goes to the Texans then today I'm like literally at work at a lunch, and I see the Schefter news that Tariq Hill is like basically picking between the Dolphins and the Jets, and immediately, like I finish up my work thing, I go to Twitter, I hit up my boy Steve Zance on there, who he's got the turn on the Jets podcast, definitely a must listen um, if you're a Jets fan, but he's going nuts, he's like, He's torn, obviously, you could tell. He wants Hill. He wants to make sure that the Jets don't have, like, a Jets moment, if you will. Um, and naturally, sorry, Steve, but the Jets have their Jets moment. Um, they get outbid, although, according to, like, Schefter and the draft chart, the compensation was basically similar. Uh, but Hill, Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins. Um, and the AFC just gets more wild by the day. And it's no wonder that Tom Brady came back because he basically looked at it and he was like, okay, if I get the one seed and I can avoid the Packers and the Rams, I only have to beat one of them to go back to the Super Bowl. Because to me, there's no way that the Bucks don't win the NFC South. Like that division's just a joke at this point. Um, so that's craziness. And then you have the quarterback pro days. You have the pro days starting. Like, basically, we're all keeping our eyes on the quarterbacks to see who is going to get drafted first. Not first overall. Obviously, the Jaguars have their guy. But there's rumblings that the Lions might be interested in Malik Willis. And there's starting to be rumblings that, like, people are hoping that Kenny Pickett falls to six. Or Malik Willis falls to 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 six. Like people are basically just hoping that the, that nobody makes a trade up. Um, 
And I think that's where the board gets interesting, specifically for the Jets and the Giants. The Jets in the aspect that they have a lot of capital and they have Zach Wilson. But Joe Douglas loves to maneuver the draft board. And you know that he's going to be in on this. Um, he's going to be keeping his eyes open and ears to the pavement um, to see if he can make a move. Because like if the Jets could get to, get to 8, get more compensation... Or maybe they move out of the 10, they get more compensation, and just more players to build around Zach. But from the Giants' standpoint of things, it's interesting because if you're Joe Shane, you have to put yourself in position to get the franchise quarterback next year if Daniel Jones doesn't make the craziest fourth-year leap that we've ever seen. Because typically in the NFL, by the time quarterbacks get to their fourth year, they are what they are. Um, and just like for a point of reference, we all thought that Sam Darnold, a lot of people at least, me included, I thought that Darnold was going to get away from the Jets and was going to have a resurgence. And that hasn't happened. Um, he is who he is. And the Panthers are now looking for another quarterback. Um, and by the way, speaking of the craziness, Baker Mayfield still doesn't have a home. Like the Browns have to figure that out. And there's starting to be rumors that it's going to be like a Brock Osweiler style style deal where like a team is going to have to send a pick with him because nobody wants him, um, which is crazy. I think that he would probably play well in Seattle. And also then you flip the script and you got the 49ers who still have Jimmy G and nobody knows where he's going. So the craziness just keeps building in the NFL. And good thing for baseball that they got a deal done because I can tell you right now, if there wasn't free agency going on in baseball, nobody would even know that the sport exists because football has been that dominant. The NFL has dominated. And it's just been, it's definitely been the craziest offseason that we could, that I could ever remember. And the AFC is absolutely loaded. Like, looking at it, I have to think that it's going to go one of two ways, right? Like, when you look at it, you say, okay, the AFC West is loaded. The AFC East is pretty loaded. The Patriots were a playoff team last year. The Bills are loaded. They bring back everybody, and they just swapped out Cole Beasley. They brought they took Cole Beasley out, and they brought Jamison Crowder in. And they got Von Miller. So they're loaded. Um... The Dolphins with Hill and the offseason that they've had, like with the two running backs, Edmonds and Mosert, they brought Kasicki back. They have Waddle. Like, I think Tua is going to do fine in uh, Mike McDaniel's system. McDaniel's is going to put him in positions to be successful, similar to what Kyle Shanahan did with, did with Garoppolo. Like, they didn't ask Jimmy G to do a lot of stuff that he wasn't comfortable with. And that defense is still really good. They had a lot, they've had a good offseason. So that's three teams right there that, that could be in the playoff picture. The AFC West, every team could be in the playoff picture. The AFC South is gonna battle, it's gonna be the Colts and the Titans that are gonna battle it out. And then the AFC North, like the Ravens, the Bengals, and the Browns, and the Steelers. Like, I don't think that Mitch is gonna make the Steelers a playoff team. But 
he could definitely do enough to keep them dangerous. That defense is really good. The Bengals went to the Super Bowl. They've made a lot of improvements, specifically on the offensive line. The Ravens are going to be a better team, just based on the fact that not everyone is going to be hurt. And then the Browns, I mean, I wouldn't put the Browns in the Super Bowl right now. Like, it's a lot to ask. But if you're looking at the AFC, there's probably at least 12 of the 16 teams in the conference that could make the playoffs if you're just looking at it. I mean, anybody in the AFC West could make the playoffs. I, the Chiefs got got worse today, but they got a lot of draft picks. Like They're going to be able to, to find the next guy. That organization drafts really well. And now they have a lot of cap space. They could sign Odell if they wanted or Jarvis Landry. Mahomes and Jarvis Landry, that would be pretty interesting. Um, like the Broncos with Wilson, like the Chargers, Raiders, all insanely good teams. Um, and they're all going to be well coached. So that's just interesting. And then on the flip side, you look at the NFC and like outside of the Bucks, the Packers and the Rams, like, who is there? And by the way, the Packers lost outside of Rodgers, their best player. So, really like the Bucks and the Rams. The Niners are very good, but we don't know what Trey Lance is at quarterback. The Cowboys can't figure out how to win a playoff game. They have like two playoff wins since 1995. Maybe they have three, but they can't figure it out. The Eagles, I don't trust Jalen Hurts. The Giants and the Commanders, not very good. Um, nobody in the NFC North scares me outside of the Packers. Nobody in the NFC South scares me outside of the Bucks. And in the NFC West, like, I don't trust the Cardinals. They haven't been able to put together a full year. So, you trust the 49ers... I don't think the Seahawks are going to be very good without Russ. So you just look at the whole thing and you say, like, why wouldn't Brady come back? So I think the NFL is going to continue to be interesting. There's still a lot of free agents who aren't signed. Odell, Jadavian Clowney, Bobby Wagner. You're starting to hear rumors about him to the Rams. Landry not signed. Um, Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew not signed. Julio, free agent, definitely think the Colts are going to be in on him. But there's a lot of guys still out there. And then we have the draft. And it's crazy. Like, the season's going to be here before we know it. Like, it's going to be opening Thursday night before we know it, which is an exciting time. We're going to be getting ready for fantasy drafts and all that. Um, so, a lot of exciting stuff going on. And the two things that we haven't talked about are... Hockey, which the only local team right now that's doing anything is the Rangers, even minus the loss last night, 7-4 to the Devils. Gross. Um, and then the NBA, which is crazy. Um, and you got the Woj story today that it sounds like Kyrie and the Nasty Nets are going to get the vaccine mandate lifted. And Kyrie is going to be able to play 
very soon, probably in the next like three weeks, he's going to be able to play in Brooklyn, which probably about time, uh, regardless of my feelings on the Nets. Uh, definitely more fun to watch them lose with Kyrie than it is with without him. Um, so there's that. And the East is loaded. Like, the Nets don't have an easy road to the finals. They're a very good team, but they don't have an easy road to the finals. Right now, they're in the play-in. If they get Kyrie back, let's see, the Nets are 38 and 34. So that means they've played 72 games. So they have 10 games left. So I don't know if they're going to be able to make up three games on the Cavs to avoid the play-in. Um, which also creates an interesting dynamic because if they stay in the eight and they have to go to Toronto, they're going to be without Kyrie because Ky Kyrie can't travel to Canada as the laws stand today being unvaccinated. So there's that. Um, you got the Heat, the Bucks, the Sixers, and the Celtics all battling for the one seed. The Heat are up two games on the Bucks and two and a half on the Sixers and the Celtics. And the Celtics are, have literally been on fire. They're ten and they're nine and one in their last ten. They've gone from basically being in the play-in to the four seed. And they have made a crazy move. You got Embiid on the Sixers playing at an MVP level. If he doesn't win, I'm going to be shocked. And then the Bucks are just getting healthier by the day. They haven't been able to have a healthy stretch all year. You're waiting for them to make their move. And, like, what a surprise. Spolstra, Riley, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry... They get it going down in Miami. They're the one seed right now. And they're the they're they're a team more than everybody else. Like they don't have their super they don't have their superstar. Um they don't have their superstar. They don't have like Butler's a superstar, but he's not a a crazy top ten guy in the league. They're just a team. Everybody else in the East, as far as Bucks, Sixers, Celtics, all have a top 10 player in the league on their team. And then the Nets obviously have two of the best guys in the league on their team. So it just is a loaded gauntlet. And then in the West, I mean, the Knicks, they're done. Kiss them goodbye. What a waste of a season, but whatever. Hopefully they make some moves this summer. They can figure it out. But then in the West, again, like, you got the Suns running and hotting. And maybe this is finally the year CP3 gets his ring. You got Ja and the Grizzlies as the two seed right now. The Warriors can't seem to catch a break. Some Draymond comes back, Steph is out. And then, you know, from there it kind of falls off. I don't think, I really don't see a path for any of the teams outside of the top three to the finals. But I guess you never know. Maybe I don't, I don't, I don't see it from, from my guy LeBron this year. Um, and everybody, the Suns have just 
lapped everybody. So it's been crazy. Um, and then, you know, we got the tournament. So kind of just wanted to do like an overall recap because there hasn't been any crazy New York news. So I'm going to take a break. I'm going to come back with picks for this weekend's games, uh, Thursday and Friday in the tournament. And, and then that'll be a wrap. All right. So I'll be back with picks. J5 back with picks for this Sweet 16 and Elite 8 rounds in the tournament. So we had a crazy weekend of games in the tournament. I think that, you know, the surprise of the tourney has been UNC and what they've done. Um, They've been a pleasant surprise. And obviously, the boys from Jersey... St. Peter's, unreal, the Cinderella of all Cinderella's, 15 seed to the Sweet 16, you gotta love it, it's what, it's what March is all about, so as we dive into this weekend, you know, we had some, we had some crazy games last week, I think, you know, you had Baylor almost about to come back against UNC, unreal, Kansas held off Creighton, Michigan over Tennessee. It was only kind of a matter of time before Michigan put it together. It seems like they really have. Providence just dominating Richmond. UCLA uh, flexing their muscle, if you will, on St. Mary's. St. Peter's against Murray State. It was unreal. Um, Arkansas handled their business against New Mexico State. Gonzaga, they got a scare. Penny and Memphis gave them a scare, but uh, they couldn't get it done. And then, you know, Coach K and the boys find a way to fight off Tom Izzo. Houston over Illinois, crazy. Um, you know, Nova, I, I was shocked. I thought Ohio State was going to find a way there. Iowa State, what a run they've put together. Miami, same thing, unreal. So you got two double-digit seeds um, that are going to play each other. And then, you know, Purdue and Arizona, probably two of them of the more tenured uh, picks, if you will. So last week before the tournament started, I gave you four teams that I liked to win the whole thing. Uh, Only one remains. So Iowa, Tennessee, and Baylor all eliminated. And my Kansas pick pre-tournament at 7-1 still standing. Thursday, I gave you five picks. They went... 4-1, we had uh, Murray State, UNC, Richmond, and Providence all as winners. Indiana was the loser. Then Friday, flipped on its head. Loyola, Chicago, Yale, Virginia Tech, Davidson, all losers. Chattanooga was the lone winner. So 5-5 in in round one of the tourney. Um, So as we get to the Elite Eight, I'm going to pick all the games for Thursday and Friday and we'll see how it goes um and maybe I'll hop on Saturday with my picks for the rest of the weekend I'll I'll keep you updated um so yeah so we kick things off right away in the west region 
Arkansas Gonzaga early the early game very tough to pick um it's just one of those things that I feel like Gonzaga is going to win the game they're the better team but and the offense is just so much to handle like if you don't have an efficient offense you're going to have a hard time beating them beating the Zags but what I would say Arkansas is an SEC team SEC team sorry is going to be able to defend. They're going to be athletically able to match them, similar to a Memphis. They don't have any, like, they don't have the kind of NBA players on their team that Memphis has, obviously. Memphis has some some lottery picks on their team. But they're going to be able to keep this game close. So I like Arkansas, plus the 9.5 against Gonzaga in the early game. Then we got a good matchup. You got two similar styles going against each other. Villanova and Michigan. And they both like to grind it out. They're going to play slow. They want to play in the half court. And they're going to give each other problems. I like Nova here, though, because they're the smarter team and they're the better defensive team. So I like Nova, Villanova minus the five. Next, we got... My Duke Blue Devils against Texas Tech. This is going to be a game. Texas Tech has the athletes to make this game a nightmare for Duke. The only thing I don't know if they have is enough offense to beat Duke. You saw Michigan State was able to put up the fight. They just, at the end, they couldn't find a guy. You need a guy against Duke to make a couple shots. Texas Tech couldn't figure it out. Uh... Michigan State, I'm sorry, couldn't figure it out. So I like Duke here. My, plus the one to advance to the Elite Eight. And then finally, the last game of Thursday night, we got Arizona and Houston. And in my brackets, I have Kansas over Arizona, full transparency. So I have Arizona in the championship game. Houston, though. With the amount of rebounds they got against Illinois, I was blown away. And I don't know if Arizona, after watching them for the last like couple weeks, Pac-12 tourney, this tournament, is physical enough to hang with Houston. And it just seems like Kelvin Sampson is destined to make it to the final four. I, I don't know why. Like, looking at this team, it just seems like things are going the right way for them. Like, everything bounced their way against Illinois. Um, it was crazy. They had, like, four guys on Kofi. Um, so, I like Houston to, to, to at least cover the one and a half. And, I mean, at that spread in basketball, they're basically going to win the game. Oh, next. Painful, painful to say. I think the struck the clock strikes midnight for, for Cinderella. For St. Peter's, uh, they were able to hang against, you know, Murray State. They were able to, to beat Kentucky. And Shaheen Holloway is going to get the Brinks truck backed up for him when he goes to Seton Hall. And they run an efficient offense, so they might be able to hang for a while in this game. But Purdue with Jaden Ivey, the lottery pick, 
the seven foot freshman who just seems to find his way to every rebound. Travion Williams, just going to be too much. Just going to be too much for the Peacocks. So Purdue, minus the 12 and a half. Next, Kansas, my champion, my last team standing against Providence. I like Kansas to win the game, but seven and a half against the Big East champs who've been disrespected, disrespected. They were two-point favorites. They were the Big East regular season champs. They were two-point favorites in the first round and two-and-a-half-point favorites against Richmond in the second round. I know they have defensive issues, and I know that if the three isn't falling, they have problems, but they're going to be able to keep it close. I mean, Providence against Bill Self. Bill Self is like a nightmare in the tournament. The guy seems to find ways to lose games, but Kansas probably wins. Providence plus the seven and a half. Next, UCLA and North Carolina. UCLA has has an injury to one of their guys, their center. He might be out. Um, UNC has shot the lights out in this tournament. They have have put together a string that I was not expecting to see as an eight seed. Um, but. UCLA and Mick Cronin just seem to keep finding a way. Um, and the team stayed together after their final four run last year. And I think that they're they're going to have a date with Destiny and a date with Purdue to go back to the final four. So I like UCLA minus the two and a half. And finally, we wrap up with Iowa State and Miami. And... I gotta be honest, I like the Canes minus the two and a half. So again, Thursday, we got Arkansas plus nine and a half. We got Nova minus five. Duke plus one. Houston plus one and a half. Friday, Purdue minus twelve and a half. Providence plus seven and a half. UCLA minus two and a half. And the Canes. Miami. W. Minus two and a half. So that's it. J5 picks for the tournament. Follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at J-O-H-N-M-U-R-A-C-H-A-N-I-A-N. Like, subscribe to the podcast. We're going to keep coming back every Wednesday. And maybe I'll surprise you with a Saturday episode. All right, guys. J5 out.